Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Maybe you come from a cessationist background that you don't believe anything's of the Spirit, or today they're only for there. That's another whole teaching. Don't have time to get in that, but I don't believe that at all. I think it's very evident. You may not understand this, but the fastest growing denominations and groups of people in the world are those that believe in the gifts of the Spirit of God and practice them. South America's absolutely saturated with the gift, imbalanced, not weird. Africa, same way, just expanding, fastest growing in the world, as God designed it to be. The realm of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and whether they're legit for today has been debated for a long time. It seems that much of the reasoning behind the objections to the use of the Holy Spirit's gifts is a reaction to the abuse of those gifts. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this because the Corinthian church had the same problem. You'll find out what scripture has to say about these gifts. You'll learn what they are, as well as the proper place and time for these divine gifts to be used. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, as he begins his message, Tongues and Prophecy. Corinthians chapter 14. As Linda and I were flying to India, we first went to Dubai and then over to Doha, and then in the middle of the night, directly into Cochin in southern India. Well, on those flights, once you got to Dubai and Doha, those flights, when you're on that flight, the announcements, dinner, doors are closing, buckle your seats, careful, here's how the announcements are made in three languages. And as you move to another city, there are three languages, but the languages are different. The only one that's same is English. Two of the languages made no sense at all to me. And think about this, if you're flying and there's the Muslim and the the Spanish or the Hindu or whatever, and they're giving all of this to you and you don't understand any of it. You'd be scared out of your mind. What's happening? Am I, what am I supposed to do here? I, I can't understand anything. Well, that's kind of where we're at. Paul's talking about languages that can be and cannot be understood. And what is the order and how does that work? And what does it look like? Now, remember, in the Bible, there were no chapters. There were no verses in the original text. It was just letter. This is a letter that's Paul writing. To help us, the authors of the Bible, well, they just wrote it, but the people that put the Bible together put chapters and verses. So I can say to you, turn to 1 Corinthians 14. Just go, let's see how many pages I want to find here in 1 Corinthians 14. 
So that helps us. So Paul concluded his initial teaching on the use of spiritual gifts in chapter 12 that we covered. And he says at the end of that chapter, here's what he says. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. After finishing all the gifts, he said there's a better way. And he goes on in chapter 13 to explain about love, its definition, and the supreme value. But here in chapter 14, Paul kind of returns to this issue of spiritual gifts, kind of where he left off. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, just verse 1 right there. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Chapter 14 is Paul's instruction to a church, the Corinthian church. The reason he's writing is there's an abuse of the spiritual gifts, especially, you'll see both of them, prophecy and tongues, and he is going to correct that abuse. Now, here's something you have to understand. Anytime that we have a truth of the Bible, Satan doesn't like the truth right down the middle. So he will either lead us to neglect the truth, or we go overboard with the truth. The whole book of Galatians is the same thing. The whole book of Galatians is about the grace of God and those people that are liberal or the radical legalist. The balance is in the middle. So you're going to see the two areas that were abused. And here's the problem we have with it. It's either going to be abused in the church or never even spoken about in the church. But that's not the reason we have church. We have church to do it the way God said. So Paul is going to write and say, no, 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 it's out of bounds. And for some of you, this whole area of 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 is new to you, strange to you. Don't let it be strange. It's simply the word of God. Now, let me explain the setting to you. What you'll see in the scripture, the setting for the vocal use of these gifts would typically be in a small setting. Of course, they didn't have churches this size. And so the vocal gifts in a church this size are impossible to really do because you don't know the people, you can't hear the people. And, and so the setting would be a smaller group. Oh, I use the example as a home group. Or if we called you together and said, we just want to have a time to let God speak to us. We might have 100 or 150 people. Everyone's an absolute believer. No problem with an unbeliever walking in and go, what is that? And so the setting would be a smaller group where we would practice what you're going to see would be in an afterglow where we know there's no unbelievers or in a home group setting, again, no unbelievers, that we can express those things. Again, most of the settings would have been a smaller group in Paul's day as well as the Corinthian church. Now, verse 3, then he says this, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening their encouragement, and their comfort. Prophecy is, someone has said it like this, prophecy, the gift of prophecy is like an instant texting. It immediately comes to your mind, prompted from God. It's not something you go, okay, I think I'm going to have an afterglow tonight. Let's see what I can come up with to speak from God. No, this is directly from God. It's instant. And it's God to our spirit, to our mind, to our mouth. Supernatural. So, Pastor Mark, that can't happen. Well, sure it happens. 
prophecy is a message from God to men. Here's two things you want to write. Prophecy builds up, encourages, and comforts the church. The church. The church. Now, again, prophecy is directed to men from God. In contrast, as you'll see in a moment, with tongues. Now, look back at verse 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mystery with his spirit. So it's like my me on the airplane, and they're only given instructions in Hindu language. He utters mysteries to me. What did he just say? I have no idea. So here's the two things you want to write down. Prophecy and tongues are different. Tongues are spoken to God, not to man. Quite often in the old days, you got that mixed up. Someone would give a message in, quote, in tongues, and somebody then would give a prophecy. And they would say, I'm explaining what the message was. And they would say, dear children of God, be encouraged today. No, that's a prophecy. That isn't the interpretation of the tongues. Tongues is always spoken to God. It's praising God. It's worshiping God. Secondly, tongues, here's the three things you can see. Tongues will be a prayer, a praise, or a worship to God. That's the focus. It's about God. Now, let's go back in your Bible quickly to Acts chapter 2. As you can tell, I'm going to go a little fast because I have a ton of stuff to do. Okay? Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 4. Day of Pentecost, 120 people in the upper room. Jesus said, you can't go until you're filled with the Spirit of God. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues Notice this, if you've never underlined in the Bible, you need to do this. As the Spirit enabled them. They were doing something, speaking in another language, that they didn't know. Amazingly, they didn't know, but God enabled them through the Spirit of God. All cases of speaking in tongues are supernatural. It's not somebody getting up, speaking in tongues, and it happens to be a language that somebody knows, Italian. You go, wow, what a message from God. Then later you meet the person, they're from Italy. That's crazy. None of these people understood it. Now, remember what happened on the day of Pentecost? There was Jews from what? All over the what? The world. I can't remember the number. 17 or 18 different dialects, countries. And they spoke the praises of God to God. And all of these different languages, they knew none of them, the 120. The other people heard them. In that language. So that was a unique thing on the day of Pentecost as with fire and the rushing wind and so forth. Now, in the book of Acts, we see that speaking in tongues is often associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Actually, you see it in numbers of cases through the Bible. If I have time, I'll go through that at the end. We'll just see if I have time. It's a wonderful gift. It's biblical. It brings great joy and intimacy into the believer's walk. But I want to share this with you. When I was raised in a certain denomination, classical Pentecost, the belief that I was raised with was that the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit is that you spoke in tongues. Now, I think there's some, a case for that, but I do not believe that anymore. 
I believe that was very, very restrictive, and I don't see it in Scripture. For instance, if I believe that that was the only evidence, here, write this statement down so that you'll understand what I'm talking about. The spiritual life is about God's power and love flowing through us in a supernatural way. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit is not just speaking in tongues. Remember Acts chapter 8. Be filled so you can be what? Bold in your witness around the world. That's Not that you can speak in tongues. It's a wonderful gift, and we don't want to minimize it ever, but it is not the only evidence. In fact, we learn in chapter 13, what is the major evidence? It's love and action. And love and action causes me to be a what? A witness. A witness. So here's the other thing. If you take that as a case... Jesus would have said this, go to the upper room, wait till you speak with tongues, and then you're ready to go. Now, he doesn't say that. But later we see it's a very powerful gift. Also, as you go through the scriptures, there's five times in the book of Acts where people are baptized in the Spirit the first time. That evidence. Five times. Three times they're speaking in tongues and prophecy, or vice versa. Two of the times there's something, but we don't know what happened. So, To me, I cannot put God in this little box. This is the only way. The other thing, some of you may have been raised in that. You may still believe that. That's fine. I'm not far from it. But here's what happened. If you never spoke in tongues, then what did people say about you? Hello? You're not filled with the Spirit. So what did we have in our churches? First-class citizens, second-class citizens. I don't know what's wrong with you. You're not good enough. You, you just, and I'm overplaying it, but that's exactly what happened. And that's not ever God's purpose. Well, I'm better because I spoke enough. That's foolishness. So far that there's even a denomination that'll say this. And as you speak in tongues, you're not saved. I mean, that's so far from the truth. I don't even know what to talk about. I'm not even going to talk about it. That's foolishness. But again, let me go back to the beginning. Abuse, neglect, balance. Now, it is not the evidence. It's one of many. So, let me read to you again, 1 Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. There seems to be kind of three types of tongues. Here in Acts chapter 2, that you're at, it's unique since 120 people were actually speaking earthly languages. When we see tongues, there's two kinds of languages we see. Corinthians tells us the languages of men and the languages of angels. So on the day of Pentecost, these 120 believers spoke in languages they didn't know, but they were earthly languages because the people heard them in their own dialects worshiping God. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. You'll be back and forth a little bit, so just hang with me. I'm on the right time zone, in case you don't think I am. For some of you, this is like old news. For others of you, you kind of forgot about this gift. The gift of prophecy or the gift. For others of you, you're still struggling with that. Okay, you maybe you come from a cessationist background that you don't believe anything's of the Spirit. Or today, they're only for there. That's another whole teaching. You don't have time to get in that, but I don't believe that at all. I think it's very evident. You may not understand this, but the fastest growing denominations and groups of people in the world are those that believe in the gifts of the Spirit of God and practice them. South America is absolutely saturated with the gift, in balance, not weird. 
Africa, same way. Just expanding, fastest growing in the world, as God designed it to be. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. Here's a second kind of gift. Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? It's fairly easy to answer that. The obvious answer is what? No, of course not. But what is Paul talking about? He's talking about the public gift of tongues and the public gift of interpreting those tongues. Now, here, the language is unknown both to the speaker and the listener. So, in a church, this is what was happening in court. People were getting up and speaking in tongues. And there was no interpreter. The language they didn't know, and the people didn't know. Hello. Please buckle your seat. Did they say something? It's useless. So, this is a public use of the gift, which required another spiritual gift, the gift of interpretation. Only a few people, can I say it that way? A minority of people have the gift. So, write this down. Public use of tongues, small group setting, not this kind of a setting, an afterglow of all believers, a home group of all believers, public use of tongues, Only a minority of believers have this gift. And then you either have to pray for God to interpret it or pray for somebody else to have the gift of interpretation. Again, the minority. And the reason I'm saying minority is you'll see later. So this is a language unknown to the speaker and unknown to the hearer. It's supernatural from God on both parts. Now, what would this be? Would this be a message to the church or would this be a praising and a message to God? It'd be a praising to God. Tongues are only to praise God. It's not for man. It's to praise God. Just as on the day of Pentecost. They heard the 120 speaking and doing what? Speaking the praises of God. It was to God to praise him. Now, let's see what's next. Look at chapter 14, verse 18. This is Paul speaking in the Bible. Paul, the most prolific writer of the scripture, probably for us, the most spiritual man we know other than Jesus in the scripture. And look at verse 18. We'll cut more of this later. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He might have been from the South, more than y'all, he said. So here, the gift of tongues spoken are also unknown But this is a private, devotional use of tongues that's available to all. This is the misunderstanding that we have. Here it is. Private, third type. Private, not understood by the person speaking. Private, devotional use of tongues. Every single believer can have this gift. Not the one that's experienced publicly in a service where there needs to be an interpreter. That's, do all have the gift? No, they do not all have the gift. This, what does Paul say? I wish that you, how many? Tell me. All. What what does all mean? So he says to the Corinthian church, I wish every single one of you had the private use of speaking to God through tongues. A tongue you don't know. And you'll see the use of it. So that is the balance. Those are the three kinds. Now, look at chapter 14, verse 4. 
Let me just say this. Anybody here ever need to be built up and encouraged spiritually? Anybody here? Two or three of you? For those of you that this is all new tonight, you're going, I don't think I want to go where you're going here. Just relax. Just relax. By the way, unless you're teachable, you'll miss out on a lot of things of God. Nobody has it all right, by the way. I'm going to come to a passage later. I wish I had given it to somebody else to teach and not me. Because I simply don't know the really understanding. I've never seen anybody come up with the real understanding. But we can know enough of what God's given us, right? So all of us need to be encouraged from time to time. So look what Paul says. Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue. Again, this is going to be the private use. He who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Himself. But he who prophesies edifies, builds up the what? the church. Now that should be understanding too. When we pray in tongues, we are spiritually edified and strengthened. This is the only gift that isn't for the whole church. It's for the individual. So the use of the private gift builds us up, stirs us up, cheers us up spiritually. Who wouldn't want that gift? Everybody would want that gift. So here's what I want you to write. The private use of tongues builds up the believer. Very often, before I walk up to speak, I'm praying in a prayer language. You can't hear me. You couldn't hear me if the mic was on because I'm praying in my spirit to God. Now, why would I do that before I stand up to preach? Because I know it's spiritual warfare the moment I stand. I know there's people that will be confused, and this God helps me clarify things, especially on a topic like this, because it's like a hot topic that nobody wants to even address. So I need to be encouraged. I need to be built up. And I'm just praising God. I'm just saying, God, I'm using this language that you blessed me with, and I need you to build me up before I speak. And so it, it's not just for pastors. It's, it's all Paul says, it, it edifies, it, it builds us up, it strengthens, it encourages. Anybody in their right mind would want to use that gift. Because I just asked you, I should have counted. How many need to be built up in your life? Oh, I have my hand up here. Yeah, there we go. How many wa- want to use the gift of tongues to be built up in my life? <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Now, as you begin thinking about this, Paul goes on. Look what he says. In verses 15 to 19... I'll start with 14 and then just move on. It's kind of when and when not to use the gift of tongues. Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, Paul says this, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So Paul says when I'm using my private prayer language, nobody knows I'm doing it. I'm not drawing attention to myself. It's something I'm doing privately. It helps me to pray. Not only edifies me, but it helps me to pray. So the second thing you want to write is this, the private use of tongues helps a believer to pray. Today, Pastor Mark tackled the difficult topic of the gift of speaking in tongues in his teaching today. You learned that the modern church sways between two extremes, ignoring this gift altogether or not controlling it during services. You found out that there are two distinct types of speaking in tongues and that they have specific times to be used. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Tongues and Prophecy. You'll hear more about the proper place for exercising the gift of tongues. Pastor Mark will also begin to teach about the gift of prophecy. You'll learn what this gift is, as well as what it is not. You'll find out the reason God gave this gift, what its benefit to the church is. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, that's next time on Lessons for Living. in a herd